0: You're listening to the Purpose Filter podcast, the only show that shares deathbed wisdom along with actionable strategies that you can implement immediately today after listening to this episode that will improve your quality of life while you are still alive. So you don't have to be on your deathbed with regrets. I am your host, integrative life coach and hypnotist, hospice and palliative care physician, and human being just out here being human, Dr. Louie, Kathy Zhang. On this week's episode, we are talking specifically to those of you out there who have a goal and find yourself wavering in your confidence. You are doubting whether this thing is even possible if you have gone so far in over your head and whether you should just give it all up. Sound familiar? Because, yeah, I've been there and done that and went around the block with it, okay? I don't even know what that phrase means, but it is what it is. So, if you feel like that, this episode is a must listen for you. I'm going to share things that I've never shared before on this podcast and frankly with some of my closest friends or family members. And you're going to hear story after story after story of people who were in the exact same position as you and found their way through as well. It's going to be a good one. Take a listen. Welcome back to another week here on the show. Thank you so much for listening. You are all rock stars. Thank you so much. Week in, week out. We are already at episode 93 on the show. Bananas. So thank you. This week, this episode was inspired because my husband and I actually went to see a Broadway show. Sweeney Todd on Broadway. Excellent, excellent production. I had actually never seen Sweeney Todd before, even in movie theaters or on stage. And it's really an excellent production. We went because... My husband's cousin was making his Broadway debut as a cast member, part of the ensemble, and also an understudy to play Sweeney Todd, who currently is being played by Josh Groban. I had no freaking idea. Opened the playbill, saw that he was there, and I was like, oh my God, <laughs> because, you know, I, I loved Josh Groban for many years when I was younger. Anyhow, so we ended up having dinner with my husband's cousin. He was telling us about how he ended up in this role, auditioning, getting the part, etc. And he was saying how he had just about decided that he was going to go and get a quote-unquote real job. Something probably along the lines of more administration side of musical theater, that sort of thing, and rather than performing, which is his true love. And an opportunity came up where Sweeney Todd, this production, was asking for video submissions. And he sent in a video, and they're like, hey, we like this. Can you send him some more? Yes, he sent in another one. They called him, and they said, hey, come to New York and audition for us live, in person. So he did. And as he tells the story, he said, they kept calling me back. And they kept calling him back until they finally offered him a role. And now he's on Broadway as a paid actor, singer, and member of this production. And his life is totally different. And it really made us think about the universe, about life in general, about the signs that life is sending us, especially when we have a pursuit, a dream, a goal, or a certain outcome that we desire, and things don't seem like they're working out for us. My husband's cousin, he literally was just like, you know what, I don't even know if this is going to work out, but I'm going to try. And he said that it felt like a very full circle moment for him because Sweeney Todd was actually the musical that made him realize he loved musical theater. It was about horror there was great writing great music and he just felt so connected to these characters and that sort of thing and it just was so beautiful to see that this was working out for him at this moment in his life when so many other moments didn't work out and that's just one example i don't know if you know the actress her name is annie murphy she played alexis on shit's creek and she was telling a story about how When she was at her lowest, her apartment had just burnt down in a fire. She had about $3 in her bank account. She hadn't worked in almost two years, completely bombed, bombed, she said, blew it, her first screen test. And she found herself in the Pacific Ocean just crying, just snotty crying, as she likes to describe it, and thinking like, okay, the universe is clearly telling me to stop to not do this anymore because I can't deal with it. And 2 days later she got the audition for Schitt's Creek. And now she is Annie Murphy. She's her life is completely different, right? Back to Sweeney Todd, Josh Grobin, who plays Sweeney, he wrote in his bio for the playbill that he had tried out for Sweeney Todd the production at the Interlochen Art School summer camp or something. He tried out in 1997. He didn't get the role of Sweeney Todd. And now there's a full circle moment where he is playing Sweeney on Broadway. And he'd given an interview back, I don't know, years ago when he first made his Broadway debut in another production. And he said it was literally, quote unquote, the happiest I've ever been in my career when he was on Broadway, because as he tells it, he was just a theater kid who chose a fork in the road and went into the music business to become a recording artist. But he never dreamed of being a recording artist when he was 10. He dreamt of being on stage, of singing and acting and giving live performances to audiences seven, eight times a week as people in theater do. And I love that. I love that because it just gives us a reminder that there are people out there doing and striving and making things happen, even if we are not quite there yet. Those stories, those things for me are incredibly inspirational. So I wanted to share with you actually a clip from the New Yorker Radio Hour where they interviewed Greta Gerwig, who is the director of the new Barbie movie. I have not seen it. I have heard rave reviews from many, many people. So I plan on seeing it. If you have, let me know. DM me on Instagram at Purpose Filter. Let me know what you thought of it. But this episode, this interview from 2019, basically was... Greta Gerwig talking a little bit about her past and who she was and how she came into being a director. So take a listen. It's a few minutes long, but I promise it has so much to do with what we're talking about in this episode.
1: To be honest, I think that's who I always have been. Up until I was around 13, I'd say, I was the bossiest control freak you'd ever met. I mean, I remember when my dad had a business trip in New York and we all went. I remember we saw Starlight Express, which Mm -hmm. I just loved. (laughs) This is the roller skating thing on Broadway? Yes, it's Andrew Lloyd Webber's Starlight Express. It's about trains and it's on roller skates. And I can still recite every single word. (laughs) But I remember I came back to my kindergarten and I told everyone that I would be putting on a production of Starlight Express and everyone better start working on their roller skating, which I did stuff like that up until... I was assigned to do a group project and I completely took it over in seventh grade. And I was like explaining how everyone was going to do everything. And I, I remember some, some kid made fun of me and said that I was annoying. And I then was considered kind of a bossy, unappealing girl. And you tamped it down? I tamped it down. I deliberately tamped it down, but I, didn't really it didn't go away it just kind of went underground and then i think in high school and college it kind of simmered and then it started really coming out again and i think it's the person who i tried to crush and how did you give yourself permission to let this thing resurface and hmm. s- set yourself free because i wanted to do it so badly just it was a desire that was bigger than my person and i i think actually this is a strange but true thing that happened to me. I met Sally Potter, the director, mm-hmm. and I asked her about writing. And I said, you know, what's your process? How do you write? What's, you know, I, I cornered her and I was asking her questions. And then she grabbed me by the hand and said, why don't you ask me what you really want to ask me about? And I was like, oh my God, what do I really want to ask you about? And she said, you really want to ask me about directing? And I said, how do you know that? And she said, it's written all over you. That's what you want to ask me about. And then I did ask her about it. And then four years after that, she came up to me at an event in London for Lady Bird and she said, you did it. I was like, oh my God, you're a mystic and I love you. (laughs) But I felt like there were a number of things. There was also, I was given a pair of shoes by not one, but two women directors Uh, Rebecca Miller and Miranda July both gave me shoes. That never happens to me. No, no, No. I know, nor me. And I was like, I mean, if you were going (laughs) to send a sign, this is really on the nose. There were like lots of things like that. And I think, you know, I was, they happened and also I was
0: looking for them. Mm, I love that. What she just said, the signs, they happened and I was looking for them. And again, I am not sure how you feel about signs or interpreting things to be in your favor. If you believe in the universe, God, if you're agnostic, if you're atheist, it doesn't matter. Let's just put it this way. There is something called the reticular activating system. And basically it means if you are shopping for a red car, a red Honda, let's say, you will start noticing more and more red Hondas on the street driving around, whereas before you were shopping for a red Honda, you would not have noticed them even though they were all there, right? It's the same thing when we look for quote unquote signs that we are on the right track, whether you want to lose body fat, whether you want to write a novel, whether you want to be able to dance and do four pirouettes, whatever it is. When we have our sights set on a goal and we focus on that goal, then things along the way, we will see them as encouragement for our goals. And I'll give you an example. Every time I want to give up on the podcast, and again, I'm just going to put this out there. This is me being a thousand percent honest. This is not a plea for help or anything like that. I'm okay. But there have been times where things get really frustrating. I feel like it just takes too much time. I'm not feeling the creative juices. Things are taking too long. I'm balancing so many things. And I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to stop. I'm not going to do this podcast anymore. Every single time, someone somehow sends me a message or texts me or tags me in a post on social media that one of these episodes was super helpful and they really enjoyed it and they wanted to share it with their friends and so for me even hearing that getting that kind of feedback And it's not just that in general, but it's those specific moments when I am at my worst, when I feel like I should just, quote unquote, give up and get a real job and stop doing this. Those are the moments that really, really matters and it really, really counts. And so I hope that you will take from all of these stories that just because Something is not happening for you right now. Let's say you have a big goal or let's say you just have a, in your mind, a moderate size goal. It doesn't matter. Just because it's not happening for you right now does not mean that it will never happen. There's this quote, I think maybe by Jim Quick, who says, you're not burnt out because you're doing too much. You're burnt out and you're tired and you're exhausted because you're doing too little of what makes you feel like you're alive. For me, so much of coming into our own as adults is rediscovering, as Greta calls, the person I tried to crush. But then realizing that version of us we tried to crush cannot and should not stay underground forever. And so my question to you for this week is, what did the 10-year-old version of you really want to do? Not just a passing fancy, like, oh, being a fireman sounds cool, but really something you would sit in your room, you would sit in school, and you would daydream about for hours and hours. Did you want to be a fashion designer, an astronaut, a teacher, a dancer, a doctor, an engineer, a writer? I don't know. I wanted to be a psychologist and an actor. Once you figure out what it is that you really wanted to do when you were younger— Distill down the elements of, let's say, the occupation and start incorporating some of those elements into your current life. Because as adults, it's not always feasible to, let's just say, quit your job and go full in on, you know, being an actor, right? Some will, most won't. And most people are honestly so far removed from that inner child. They have no idea what they liked or enjoyed when they were younger. And so you may not have to immediately become the fashion blogger or the singer or the teacher. But even the pursuit of that, even a step in that direction, getting more information, reading an article, watching a video about it can spark something within you. Let's say you as a child really wanted to be a fashion designer. Well, that incorporates drawing and studying garments and clothing and textures and probably things like sewing or needlework or knitting. So maybe what you could do is read a book on textiles, costume design. You could sketch more. You could attend a runway show or an exhibit by students at a nearby design school. You could watch videos on sewing techniques and knitting techniques. There is so much information out there. And all you have to do is choose one thing in that area. And I guarantee that you will notice a difference in the way that you feel on a daily basis, because it's something that's meaningful to you, right? I don't know about you, but if you give me a choice between what's urgent and what feels like it's necessary and stressful versus what is meaningful, whether that's meaningful work or meaningful connections with other people, I will choose meaningful anything, any day of the week. Okay. If this doesn't resonate with you, if this message or anything, you're just kind of like, meh, that's totally fine. And I know there are some of you out there where this message is exactly what you needed to hear. And if that's you, here is your reminder that you owe it to yourself, the future version of you, the generations of family members who will live on beyond you to take steps to make your life a little bit better, a little bit better more joyful than it is now, to feel a little bit more alive because you are doing things that you value, that are important to you, that you feel makes you feel like the best version of yourself. And I'll say for me, like as hard as all of this has been, the entrepreneurial journey, the late nights, losing sleep, multiple priorities, financial instability, discomfort of growth, of rejection, of judgment from others, okay? I have never felt more fulfilled and felt like I'm living my purpose, my reason for being alive, or at least on that path to discovering it than I am now. And I want that for you so badly. And if you have tasted it, if you know what that feels, then it's amazing, isn't it? And I hope that everyone can taste this. I hope that everyone can take the steps necessary to incorporate more of this into our lives. Because at the end of the day, when we are on our deathbeds, if we are lucky enough to know that our time is coming, when we are taking our last breaths and we're looking back at our lives, I want us to be proud. I want us to look back and say, oh, decades ago, I made a choice. I made several choices. I changed the direction and the trajectory of my life because of the decisions that I made at that moment, at that time in my life. And maybe that could be today. Maybe that could be tomorrow. Maybe that could be a month from now. Maybe that could be a year from now. The point is, we have so much agency, so much control over our lives, even though it doesn't feel like it, because so many things are out of our control. And we can learn how to leverage our own responses, our own reactions to the world, to external stimuli. Because if you can control yourself and you can control your response to when someone gets angry at you, to when someone cuts you off in traffic, to when your boss yells at you, to when your kids are screaming in the middle of the grocery store and you look like a bad parent, when you can control that, nothing can harm you, right? And isn't that beautiful? Isn't that what we all want? And so I hope this episode was a reminder for you to persevere, to keep going to step back to when you were a child and remind yourself of what it was that made you feel so alive that you would be ecstatic if you were doing some of that as an adult. Because that version of you is still in there. You don't have to hide them. You don't have to bury them. Because honestly, they're not going to stay buried forever anyway. They're going to come out whether you want them to or not. So let them give yourself permission to not live the life that others expect of you and to just go for what you want because what you want is going to help so many people out there. And it doesn't matter exactly what it is as long as you are passionate about it and you feel like it's going to be meaningful for you and it's going to be meaningful for other people. Thank you so much for listening week after week. I appreciate all of you so much. You don't even know. If you enjoyed this episode, leave a rating on Apple or Spotify and leave a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts as well. Follow me on Instagram at purposefilter, on LinkedIn, Kathy Zhang. Both of those links will be in the show notes. And as always, take care of yourselves and take care of each other. I'll see you next week.